Welcome to the Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talkie some walkies. So we have recently watched Season 8, Episode 5, The Big Scary U. Which is, the U is just a big letter U. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so I'm, we I'm actually, in a television episode, or, or I'm, I'm recording something for the second time and you don't know what to say. <laughs> We actually recorded the first five minutes of this podcast. No, actually, we didn't record it. Um, so we realized that we weren't recording, and, and now we have to do it again. So we feel strange on our side, but yeah, because we're saying we're trying to say the same things over again. Matt's voice did a nice uh, voice crack the on the first intro when he said his name, and we were going to keep it, but yeah. unfortunately, it wasn't recorded. So right, and I didn't do it again. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you also mentioned that you have um, you have nine pages of notes. That's right. Yes. We- Ordinarily, I only have three to four pages, but I have nine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because this was a dialogue-heavy episode. So when I was writing down things in order to remember and comment on them later, I couldn't like write, oh, you know, the tiger died or whatever. There's yeah. just not very many things like that. And so I had to write down like whole quotes of what people said and then some thoughts on it. So, right. Yeah. Hopefully it won't take longer than normal though. Yeah. Should be good. So initial thoughts. Yeah. On the big scary you. Yeah. Again, I didn't, I didn't uh, dislike this episode and I also didn't love this episode. It was somewhere in the middle. I think, like I said earlier, when I wasn't recording, um, your prediction about this season having a trajectory of getting better and better, I think is pretty accurate. Um, the The season had a, a rough start, and it, it each episode's been gradually better, or you know, teetering along, getting better. And this episode is no exception to me. Um, I think this is one of the better episodes in the season so far, and and, and uh, um. Again, there is a lot of things that I don't like about it and a lot of things I do like, uh, but I also think that in a good episode of television, you're going to get bad things. The bad things still stick out to me, uh, you know, pretty glaringly, so. Because of your appreciation for The Walking Dead and its good times. Yeah. So the bad things stand out more. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um I think I think it was a good episode. Um, we'll get to the bad things, and we'll get to the good things. So what do you think? I feel like I need to talk this episode out. I need to work it out before I really decide how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. I There were things that really frustrated me about this episode, um, but there were things that I liked as well. And I, I felt like for a dialogue-heavy episode, it encapsulated some of the worst elements of Walking Dead dialogue and some of the best. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So we had a, a huge cold open. It was like 15 minutes of the show. Mm. And we start at the, um, no, uh, before the sanctuary, we have Gabriel praying. 
and we're not exactly sure when this was taking place, but it must be pretty recent history. And Gabriel says to God, you've given me redemption. I don't fear death, only a fruitless death. Mm-hmm. So do you think that they're telegraphing Gabriel's death as hard as they possibly can? Or do you think this is misdirection and that Gabriel is actually going to be okay? You know, I, I just don't know. I'll get to my prediction later on because the episode okay. gets there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I when when the episode opened with that, I was like, man, they're really going to kill Gabriel for sure because mm. um, it just seems like the writing's on the wall. He's like actually talking about dying and saying he doesn't, you know, he's 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 gotten redemption, which means his character arc has come to a close. And he's like basically announcing. And like other characters whose arc comes to a close, I am ready to die. I just want to do it in a meaningful way. Yeah. Like Sasha. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, we'll get to it eventually. But I do think there's some ambiguity about Gabriel's situation, which is cool. Like, good good job, Walking Dead. Yeah. Um. So uh, then we cut to the sanctuary, and this is a flashback to when Gabriel went there to uh, alert everybody about the uprising. And he's he's sleeping at the sanctuary. Uh, Simon comes in, brings him some pancakes. Uh, I felt like the dialogue in this scene was kind of awkward. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, and you know... The actors that play Simon and Gregory, I think, are really good. And I think they do a really good job with what they've been given. But they have that kind of dialogue that basically exists not for them to talk to each other, but for them to let the audience know what's going on. Exactly. And they they really say things to each other that no two people would ever say to each other in that situation. Right. So he says, like... uh. I told you to come see me if things got hinky at the hilltop. And then Gregory's like, and and I did. And it's like, well, yeah, of course. Like, he's here. Like, you don't need to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, if you came over my house to record the podcast, not that that's how we do this, but if you came over to record it, and then you were in in my room setting things up, and I came in, and I was like, well, I told you to come over and record the podcast. And, and I you were did. Like, and I did. Like... <laughs> It would just never happen. <laughs> if I just answered the phone when you called me and I said, I told you to call me, <laughs> it makes no sense. This is terrible writing. <laughs> yeah. You went to the satellite o- outpost as I instructed. Like, in, it, it's, it's bad enough that he says you went to the satellite outpost. Mm-hmm. But to then clarify, as I instructed, yeah. like, again, of course Gregory knows that. If he yeah. went to the satellite op- outpost, that's going to be because he received that instruction. Like, that extra clarification is totally not necessary. And it's just so that the audience can be like, oh, oh, okay, now I understand. how." But we really didn't need that explanation no. either. No. Which is funny how sometimes the show seems to think that we need explanations for things we don't feel like we need them, but other things, we don't get them. That happens quite a bit. You know, good job, actors that play Simon and Gregory, for doing your best to make that work. Yeah, they just, uh, the guy that plays Simon made it, made him, it made him seem like more of a lunatic, and it made Gregory <laughs> look more like a buffoon. 
Um, so Simon wants Gregory to solve the problem of what's going on at Hilltop. And then we see Gregory at the savior's table is what I'll be calling it, where Negan and his lieutenants are. And of course, Eugene's at the table. And, uh, I thought this was a pretty good scene. Gregory's at the savior's table and this is supposed to be what led up to the moment you know, when Rick and everybody first attacked. and Yeah, yeah. And Simon is trying to explain to Negan what's going on and make himself look as good as possible, even though Negan's kind of like, well, why has this been going on under your watch? Mm-hmm. And I just thought that, like, Gregory's discomfort and the way he gets flustered as he's feeling, like, Negan's rage... I just thought the whole that whole dynamic there was really well done, and um, there was that moment where Gregory was like, you know, now I, I don't like killing people <clears throat> any more than you do, and Negan's like, I like killing people, and I I laughed out loud at that. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was funny, and the way he was like, you know, I like killing people if they're the right people at the right time, and you know, and he makes this he has this whole you know psychopath logic of you know well you kill the right person and then you save a bunch more people because we're the saviors that's what we do it was funny when Gregory was like oh that that's why they call you the saviors right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um I thought Negan was the standout in this episode uh I think Mm -hmm. he did one of his best performance of the series so far yeah I would agree with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. more realistic yeah, there were definitely a few moments where he seemed really, really angry. Mm-hmm. And he was scary when he got angry. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have in this scene Dwight leaving to uh, smoke, quote, to get have a smoke, uh, which clearly was to do something to make Rick's crew able to do what they did. I thought he was going think. to paint those little uh, uh, chess pieces. <laughs> <laughs> He just had to go do that at that moment. He's got to yeah, let we'll off get, some steam. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, Gregory proposes to tell everyone at Hilltop that he'll uh, exile them if they fight the saviors. And Negan, this is where he gets really scary. And he's like, I think you're playing both sides. Mm. And... um. Yeah, then Simon suggests killing everyone at Hilltop, I guess, if things go a certain way. And Negan just flips out. He gets really mad. He slams Lucille on the table, and he's like, people are a resource. Uh, Money on the table. Uh, And then he says to Simon, are you confused about who's in charge? Are we backsliding? Mm -hmm. And that was interesting to me because that suggests that they have a history and that at some point, Simon maybe wasn't as subservient or or he maybe he had a philosophy mm. of just kind of killing people willy-nilly. Mm, um, I can see that. He's like, are you backsliding? Yeah. Um, so that was interesting to me. Yeah. I hope we find out more about that at some point. Sure. Um, but it's interesting to see how Negan's rage comes out so much when it's suggested that you should just kill all these people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this is money on the table. Yeah. You know, we need these people. Don't. That's not how we operate here. Right. And if we think about it, 
he hasn't killed many people in this series. No, yeah, he hasn't. Even the times that he really could, he didn't. Right. Even, remember that scene where he says, Lucille, give me strength? He said that a couple times, I think. Yeah, he has, yeah. I Yeah, I would say Rick has more, um, a higher body count to his name than Negan does. Yeah, he does. The difference between, well, yeah, I, I don't know about, like, history as a whole, but, you know, in the time that we've been watching, Rick has certainly killed more people. The difference between Rick and Negan is that when Negan does kill somebody, he seems to take this perverse yeah. joy in, in executing it. And whereas Rick is, he does it because he feels like he has to, mm-hmm. but, you know. Yeah. So he kills a lot more people because he has to. <laughs> also i'm gonna make this note just because i feel like and i'm not gonna talk about it anymore but there was eight references to male genitalia in this episode (laughs) i think that actually there might have even been more that's negan for you at some point it's like man this is getting ridiculous yeah yeah negan's definitely uh (laughs) um yeah that's his character um so rick and crew arrives outside and we hear the gunshots and Negan says, oh, we're going to have to go and have a little chat. And uh, you can see that Eugene is nervous. I, I like Eugene's facial expressions throughout this episode. Like, he always seems super uncomfortable. Yeah. So after uh, four episodes w- waiting for this, we finally get to the trailer or whatever it is mm-hmm. that Negan and Gabriel are in. Mm-hmm. And... Where we left off, we were like, why should Gabriel be the nervous one? He's the one that has an assault weapon in his hands, and mm-hmm. Negan is just as a bat, and but he's Negan's still got all the swagger in the world, and you know <laughs> it's left <clears throat> left things off uh, as if Gabriel should be the one who's afraid. Yeah. So very quickly, that situation resolves with Negan just charging at Gabriel. Gabriel doesn't take a shot. He just gets charged at. I was frustrated because it was so dark when this happened, and it was kind of hard to tell what was going on, so I, I watched it a couple times. But mm. Negan charges him. He takes his assault weapon. He takes his knife, and he takes a handgun. And he looks at the handgun, and he says, oh, this one has a full clip. Which maybe suggests that the assault weapon was empty. Hmm. Um, but anyway, Gabriel, Gabriel says there wasn't any point in firing it. I didn't have enough. And that confused me a lot. Yeah. Because I thought if he has a full clip, as Negan just said, right. that's enough to do the damage. Right. And I mean, it could have been resolved. This... Clearly, what Gabriel says is supposed to answer the question that we all have. Why didn't, Negan, why didn't he just kill Negan? Right. But because they include this other detail of Negan saying, this one still has a full clip, it doesn't resolve that problem. Yeah. And so I was just, right away, I was like, ah. Yeah. Bad writing again. Just pick one way or the other, right. you know? right. So, and then Negan says, you done good, smart play. About what? Uh, That's what I'm asking. I don't know. This is right after Gabriel says that he didn't have enough, so he didn't shoot. 
And then Negan says, you've done good, smart play. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I All this, I can't even remember this, so I must have ignored it or something, but... But wow, that's that's really bad. Yeah. That's horrendous. <laughs> Jeez. So uh, Negan and Gabriel are just sitting there for a while. Um, Negan says, your friend Rick is an asshole. Gabriel says, you're an asshole. And <laughs> then Negan says, yeah, I am. Yeah. Um, and he says, I killed the widow's husband and that ginger but I didn't get them killed. Rick did that. Um, so there we have. I did like that distinction. Yeah. I thought that was oh, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I mean, I don't agree, yeah. but the Negan logic is, I can see how it makes sense in Negan's brain. Yeah, it's sound for him. Right, right. Okay, and that, then we have another thing that bothered me, where Negan says, I saw you stop for that Gregory idiot. Yeah. And... I don't think that, that that timeline makes sense because that whole incident there where Gabriel stopped for Gregory and then Gregory took off, that happened very fast and it was in the midst of all the chaos of the walkers everywhere. Right. And, you know, as soon as as Gregory took off in the car, Gabriel started making his way through the herd and got to the trailer, which Negan was already inside. Right. Um, That's true. So it just seemed... It just seems odd that Negan would be like observing as uh, Gabriel goes and tries to save Gregory, and then that doesn't work out, and he would know about it and then have time to make it to the trailer. Um, but I wonder yeah, if I'd, I wonder if the if the trailer has a vantage point that he can he can see. That might be yeah a resolution. But there, again, hopefully. Hopefully that's what they had in mind. Again, we have no connection to geography and we have no connection yeah. to time during all this kind right. of stuff. So we don't know. We can't know. It's like the writers yeah. just assume that we have we're privy to this information. Right. And oh <laughs> So then Gabriel answers because remember, he was asked, Why did you st- I saw you stop for that Gregory idiot? Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? And Gabriel's answer is, what I fear is a fruitless death, which is not an answer to the question that was asked. Yeah, and it's also, it also makes him seem like, like he was expecting to die. And if he died during saving Gregory, then that's not fruitless. However, Negan was asking him, why'd you do something that wouldn't be fruitless? Right. <laughs> that like that's or that would be fruitless. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what yeah, I mean. yeah, right. Yeah. Then oh, why did you? Gabriel... Why did I? I fear fruitless death. Okay, so why'd you go say Gregory? I'll ask you again. And Negan's response <laughs> is, "You got to be kidding me," which is how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, that's another good example of a question being asked that in real life it just would never be answered that way. You know right. what I fear is a fruitless death. What would what, what a good answer would have been something like, "There's hope for redemption for all people." Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. that would work. It would yeah. fit with Gabriel's character. It's what he was even talking about in the beginning, where he said, "I've experienced redemption." Uh-huh. But what I fear is a fruitless death. It's just a non sequitur. 
with what went what came before it. Right, and it's selfish. Yeah. Which they're trying to make Gabriel not be. Yeah. So essentially he's going to save Gregory for his own to finish his redemption arc. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then Gabriel puts things together that he's in this trailer alone with Negan and they've got nowhere that they can go and he's a priest and he says, hey, maybe the reason I did what I did was because I was supposed to be here to take your confession, basically. Right. He doesn't put it in exactly those terms, but he's like, I think I'm here to take your confession. Right. And I liked that, actually. Um, And one of the reasons I liked it is because I thought, oh, good. Like, this is a setup. This cold open is a setup for us getting a bunch of Negan's story. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, which I really wanted to hear. And I was actually anticipating, because of that setup, I was expecting like flashbacks and and all kinds of stuff like that. We got so little. We got like as little as you could possibly get and still get anything, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a little disappointing. At the same time, given the way that Negan is, I wouldn't expect him to just open up and, you know, bare his soul either. So, So, yeah, end of cold open. I'm here to take your confession. Mm-hmm. Uh, after after that uh, next scene we've got uh, the aftermath of, of Rick and Daryl's uh, 80's action movie adventure from last episode <laughs> and there's the guy who was had been driving the truck who's dying mm-hmm. and Rick asks about where they were coming from and, and he says did you win basically at the at the outpost and he says, no one did. Everybody's dead except the king, the axe man, and a short-haired psycho lady. Yeah. And he dies, and Rick stabs him in the head. Yeah, then we're back in the trailer. And I think I liked this dialogue here, actually. Okay. This was, this, the first part in the trailer, did not like it. Uh, but this part I, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Negan asks him, why'd you become a priest? And he says, I love God and I love people and I wanted to bring them together and I wanted to help people through their weaknesses. Okay, that's a that's a pretty good answer for a oh, priest to get. That's, that's why he killed everyone in his congregation. He wanted to bring them to God. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that's why he's such a tragic figure because he, you know had this I, th- I do think he had a genuine desire for that yeah. but when you know when that's real crisis situation arose he chose himself rather than helping the flock yeah so um and then negan's like well i like to help people too through their weaknesses and i make them strong um and i have to say like Knowing in the comics who Negan was in the past, like that made a lot of sense for him to say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, well, yeah, we'll get to that. So then we're back to the Savior's table, um, and Regina says we have to assume that Negan's dead. Oh, did we already talk about them walking out? That was in the cold open. We didn't really talk about that specifically. Okay. When Negan was like, we got to have a little chat. I seem to remember mentions about snipers upstairs or something. I don't remember. There was something about the snipers. And I started thinking, wait, is that why they were shooting 
Is that are they is the Walking Dead retroactively trying to course correct the fact oh. that they were shooting windows? Maybe. <laughs> I all I have to say though is that I watched it twice, and if that was the correction, it didn't work on me because I never even put it together. <laughs> yeah, I I would. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, that really does make no sense that they would shoot windows. <laughs> yeah, let's put some snipers in, the, in their nests. So. Uh, Yeah, at the Savior's table, uh, Regina suggests putting workers out who would get killed while others slip by to go warn the outposts about what's going on. Mm -hmm. And she says, and then come back with the fat lady. Yeah, I figured that was the tank, no? The fat lady is a tank? I mean, I would would imagine that the tank would represent a fat lady pretty well (laughs) (laughs) am i wrong (laughs) i mean i have no military experience is that something that uh that they say i just heard the phrase fat lady and i was like what are they talking about maggie and i was like they better not be talking about maggie because she's not showing at all i know (laughs) (laughs) the writers are just delusional That would be incredible. But, yeah, <laughs> I don't know who we're supposed to think the fat lady is. Yeah, I was. I, uh, I, I just assumed it was the tank. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. Or maybe it was the helicopter. Well, fat ladies don't fly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem right. Yeah. Maybe, like, the fat bird, the big bird. <laughs> big bird. <laughs> the fat bird. No, fat ladies roll, so we'll, we'll go with the, the tank. <laughs> oh, so Eugene is against putting the workers out because he says that will lead to unrest. Yeah, and, and it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dwight Dwight agrees with Eugene, says, Regina, he's right. We, we have to keep the workers in line. If they turn against us, we lose everything. Right, and I couldn't figure out why Regina had a problem with that. Because that's sound logic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is It is sound. But, of course, Regina's all suspicious. Because as, what's his name? Um, I think it begins with a G. That guy that... Gavin? Gavin, yeah. Gavin's like, somebody in here made everything out there happen. Yeah, okay, so I get that. And, and, they, and he's right. And um, you would assume that at least one of them would put that together. However, this this scene in general is just a device. It's just an uh, a way for, again, The Walking Dead to do what it did with the dialogue between Simon and Gregory, just trying to get us on their page of knowing that there's someone in this room that is a Benedict Arnold to some degree, and um. But the the point of this episode. From a storytelling point of view, it's it's strategy for them to take care of the walkers, but they never resolve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Simon 
during the middle of resolving it, Simon walks up to um, to Dwight and he says something, or he he looks like he's about to like kill Dwight, and then he cracks this smile. It was so it was so comically stupid and well, not realistic at all. Um, well, like what what kind I, of tactic is it that you would need to like you would need to stonewall one of your lieutenants and then you you immediately crack and then and then you know tell him that he's done good and then the scene ends and we haven't like he says good meeting or something that was great meeting was it you didn't take care of anything you didn't like no (laughs) you don't know how you're gonna take care of the walkers that wasn't a good meeting to meet to standards of how meetings should go that was a terrible (laughs) meeting (laughs) Okay, you have a good point there about how they didn't resolve anything about how to take care of the walkers. <laughs> but, well, I mean, they might have resolved that we we can't use the workers to do something about that. Well, like, I'll say this. the I think the writers tried um, using the walkers situation as an agent to to get us, like, to, to take care of a larger story, which is the more important story, who who done it. And right. the uh, um, and how they're going to handle that, yeah. but the if the storytelling was done well, the Walker situation would have taken precedent, and we would have been on board with the conversation about the Walkers. However, no one watching cares about the Walker situation or how they're going to resolve it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. We're yeah. just thinking about uh, the Benedict Arnold situation and how people are going to come rioting. Um, right. So I don't know. I think that was just evidence to uh, how bad to show how bad the writing's been. Well, I I didn't have a problem with the way Simon treated Dwight and Eugene. I really? I thought that yeah, because I think that Simon is suspicious of both of them, and it is kind of an interrogation technique to play with people's emotions like that. Like, walking over ominously to Dwight. Um, you know, he, I think he's looking for signs that Dwight is scared, and, and he tells that he's lying. And I, I think that... I, I mean, I've never been in a room where people are actually being interrogated by people that do that for a living. But at least in films, it seems like people <laughs> act like that a lot, where they, like good cop, bad cop, you know, like that sort of thing. And and all of it is just, it's manipulation tactics. And so it it didn't strike me as like too out there that, that Simon would do something like that because I do think he's trying to read Dwight. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I I think he's very suspicious of Eugene too, which is why he turns to him there and, you know, talks about killing him slowly over the next several long days or whatever you know which also was to be said to dwight as well and yeah i think it's just about keeping everybody uncomfortable yeah fair enough uh eugene goes to dwight's room to thank him for sticking up for him uh dwight just says you know like you were just right you know Mm -hmm. it's not about sticking up for you it's you were right he brings him some primo cukes as a token of his appreciation. Did you write down his uh, quote here? I didn't, no. Oh, damn it. My hand was getting tired because I was writing down so much stuff. It was such a good quote. It was, yeah. His 
I love Eugene. Yeah, he's got such he's... outrageous quotes. No one would say these things. Yeah. <laughs> Primo cukes. <laughs> From mustache. Yeah. Um, and what I liked about this scene... <clears throat> um, well, actually, before I say that, um, we have this moment where Eugene just walks over to Dwight's chess pieces and picks one up, and Dwight is like, no, no, it's still wet. And uh, Eugene is like, are these DIY? Do you DIY these? Yeah. <laughs> Did you DIY these? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> he's he's says yes and they're still wet from the pen from the paint and Eugene gets some on his fingers. I didn't like this. Yeah, I didn't either. Um and of course we'll we'll just skip ahead to how it pays yeah. off. Like there's a bag that apparently is somehow connected to whoever the trader is and it has like a little bit of paint on it and Eugene looks at his fingers and it's the same kind of paint, paint. Red, no less. Red, right? And it just such a stretch. First of all, like it, 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 it highlights something that bothers me, which is this whole thing about Dwight leaving messages through chess pieces, which are very small and hard to find in copious amounts of rubble. It just seems like a completely, uh, like, non-productive way of trying to communicate. And yeah, it if could I be lost, traced, if I lost a chess piece in like uh, a heap of rubble. Either yeah. I'm going to be spending a lot of time looking for it, or I just have to call it a day. I'm not getting that chess piece back. <laughs> right, right. And it could be traced back to you, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and not only that, but when Daryl first found the first chess piece that Dwight left, it wasn't like he was expecting it or, like, look right. out for the chess piece. Yeah. You know, it's just he found it. And yeah. I don't, yeah, I never liked that. And... Then just that Eugene would just automatically like make a beeline right over to the chess piece and touch it and make the connection and everything. It just seemed like so far-fetched. Uh-huh. Um, Not to mention that on the, I think DIY videos on the internet didn't get popular. I could be wrong about this, but they didn't get popular till like 2013 or 14 or something. Um, and I think the DIY acronym only came about because of the viral videos. Oh. So if I'm correct, there wouldn't be a known acronym for do-it-yourself in this post-apocalyptic world <laughs> at that point. I could be wrong. Mm. I, I don't think I am, though. <laughs> oh, and real quickly about the paint. If it was like... Let's say the paint was purple or green. I think it would be a little bit better. Right, yeah. Because red is such a common color and yeah. there's blood everywhere. Every especially in the sanctuary. I mean, you're getting people that are dying and yeah, you got walkers everywhere and if I was Eugene and I saw paint on my fingers and then looked at paint on a bag like red To be fair, it didn't look like a fingerprint on the bag. It just looked like a couple drops of, like, red something. Yeah. Um, I would look at that and be like, huh, I wonder if that's blood. I wouldn't even think about the paint that's on my finger. Right, yeah. However, 
if the paint that on my finger was green yeah. and I looked at the bag and there was green paint on the bag, I'd be like, oh, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It could have been better. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> so I did like the exchange, though, as Eugene was leaving. He talks, he says something like, I, I realize that in any Benedict Arnold situation, like I'm the most <laughs> likely candidate. And so he says, I appreciate you sticking up for me back there. And, and Dwight just repeats, you know, you were right. You yeah. know, I'm not saying anything more. Just you were right. I like how Dwight doesn't even trust him. <laughs> but the the thing that I liked about that whole moment is it, it really reminded me of playing Mafia. Mm. Yeah. And how when you're the Mafia, as Dwight is, you have to imagine that you're trying to figure out who the mafia is Mm -hmm. and if you're trying to figure out who the mafia is you have to be suspicious of eugene yep and that means when eugene thanks you you look at him suspiciously suspiciously and you go i'm just saying you were right that's all i'm saying and and so it it totally brought me to that place when you're playing mafia and you have to think that way yeah that's pretty good imagining being in dwight's situation and also like the fear that comes with yeah. that, too. Because even when there's no real stakes involved playing Mafia, I get, you know, yeah. the heartbeat goes up. and yep. But Dwight's playing it pretty cool. He seems comfortable. He's, he'd be a good Mafia player. Yeah. Now I want to play Mafia. <laughs> uh, we're back to the trailer. Uh, Negan says something about how he he helped kids before all this. Yeah. And spoiler for those who uh, don't read the comics and haven't heard in one, two, three, one, two, three, Negan is a gym teacher. Mm -hmm. I wish that they had just, he had just said that. Yeah. Like, I wish he had been more specific because now I don't know when the show is ever going to have an opportunity to reveal that. Mm -hmm. And it's such a good it fits so well. I have a guess that I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna do a flashback. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Like a small one. Yeah. It's either gonna be a really. Well, it like I'm imagining the Abraham flashback. Mm-hmm. With his wife in the store. Yep. Um. It's either that or they're gonna do like a whole three episode arc. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I know don't want that though. I know back when you'd always say, like, I want a backstory to Negan, I'd be like, no, I don't want it. But at this point, I really do. And so I hope that we get an episode that gives us more, Mm -hmm. more than just this, because, you know, if this is all we get, I'll I'll really be disappointed that that he didn't just say, rather than saying, I I worked with kids, Mm -hmm. like, because that could mean a lot of things. Yeah. And it could, it could be kind of weird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just be more specific. Um, Yeah. It just totally fits with his whole, like, I help people through their weakness stuff. And uh, I feel like I've known people in that position who are like him. (laughs) 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 Like, they they were never, like, horrible in that to that level, but they weren't in an apocalypse. So. Yeah. For sure. Um, you know, I was actually kind of happy with the way that they did his reveals, um, in the scene. 
I'm with you though. I do want more, but I was good with the amount we got in this episode. Mm-hmm. Thought it was tasteful. Yeah, no, I thought it was too. I just, if we don't get more, I'm always gonna wish that he had said, yeah, been more specific there, right? Than kids. <clears throat> so, uh, as at this point, a zombie's hand comes through the trailer, and yeah, situation's getting more dicey. Um, Negan talks about how he brought this whole place together, that it was a mess before he arrived. And, you know, because he knows how to help people be strong. Um, he's the reason that it's, it works as well as it does. And then he says, and something, evidently there was another leader. Yeah. Before him, which is interesting. Right. Kind of cool. Yep. Yep. Maybe it was Simon, and that's why Simon's backsliding. That was that would be something. Yeah, I could get on board with that. Yeah. So Negan says something about how <clears throat> Gabriel, Gaby, you're going to be my new special project. I'm going to make you strong too, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Gabriel gives what might be my least favorite line in this segment which is Uh, i'm strong i've killed i know oh my god (laughs) yes thank you for saying that that happened i felt just embarrassed like (laughs) like i got that chill not the good kind (laughs) right right that was really bad yeah i just wanted to be like wait you're supposed to be the priest character like you don't yeah. equate goodness with just being able to kill people, right? Right. Yeah. That. Like yeah. even Rick doesn't see it that way, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's it it also seems inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Extremely. Yeah. Now, what I did like here was when Gabriel really starts to confront Negan. Because he's like, you need to confess. And he says, he talks about, like, what about all this? He's Because Negan's like, I've got nothing to confess. I help people yeah. not be weak. And he says, like, what about the slaves? And he says, oh, it's just part of the economy. You know, this is the way it works. Um, and he's like, what about, you know, Carl told us about your wives. And I love how he just pushes him on that, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's... Egan, you can see, is getting uncomfortable. And, and he says something mm-hmm. like, every one of those ladies made a choice. But mm-hmm. we know, because of Dwight, what kind of choice they were put in, which was, mm-hmm. you know, something like, you know, be my wife or I'll kill your husband. Yeah. Um, not a choice. Right. It's <laughs> kind of also topical for today with, like, all the, oh, yeah. the Hollywood stuff and, like, Louis C.K. Yep. Yep. You know, just mm-hmm. still bums me out. Oh yeah, <laughs> it just it it's amazing what's going on right now. It's such a yeah, it's such a horrible but important cultural moment. The the unveiling. Yeah. So, but yeah, Negan, <clears throat> Negan uh, should be included on that list of uh, outed uh, leaders and and uh, entertainers and such. Yeah, uh, who have abused their power. Mm-hmm. Uh, for sexual coercion. Yeah. And he knows it. And 
Yes, and he knows it. Yeah, which is interesting. You could see on his face that he knew it. Yeah. That there was like maybe a little bit of a hint of conscious conscience yeah. in there. And he doesn't like it. Yeah. And so and Gabriel yeah. pushes him a little further and he's like, Was there a first because before all of this, a wife who you promised to have and to hold, forsaking all others? And then I love that he said this. He was just like, one you told that lie to. I know. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was nice. And then he then he admits to more, you know, yes, that was a lie because in his marriage he was he was unfaithful. Right, right. So Before that's the, the moment. <clears throat> that's the moment where Negan says, "Lucille, give me strength." Yeah. <laughs> and I was very frustrated with what came immediately after this because it happened so fast and it was so dark, and I was I really cared about what was going on at that point, and then I was just like, "Wait, what? I I don't know what happened." I think they actually wanted us to think that Negan was bashing Gabriel's head in, but it was a zombie. Because for a moment, I thought that was what was happening. Oh, really? I didn't get that at all. Okay, because there's... Maybe my TV is just on a bad setting or something like that, but... Yeah, I could see it pretty clearly. Gabriel grabs a gun. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, Gabriel grabs the gun that's on Negan. Which, if that's the gun that Negan took from Gabriel, that's really ironic, because that gun didn't have enough to do anything. Yeah. (laughs) Right. But anyway, he grabs the gun, and then he runs behind a door, which I did not know existed. I know. So I, I was so confused. I did not see him run behind a door. I just yeah. saw Negan get frustrated and start bashing a body with a, a bat. And I thought, no, it can't be that he's killing Gabriel. But I was like, but then I guess Gabriel just went out into the walkers. Because I didn't realize that there was another room. How was I supposed to know that there was another place to go in this trailer yeah it all did happen really fast however i it might just be the setting on my tv but i i could i experienced it pretty clearly okay yeah so anyway that leaves off with negan frustrated gabriel's got the gun and he's in that little space cut to rick and daryl who find as they are going through the car that in addition to the guns, there are explosives. And Daryl says, all right, we're going to, we, we, cause we have these explosives, I guess we can just finish this today. We're going to blow a hole in the side of the sanctuary, which will let all the walkers in. Mm-hmm. And this will be over by sundown and they'll surrender. Mm-hmm. But Daryl disagrees with Rick because he thinks that a lot of workers who don't deserve to die, will die. And uh, Daryl's like, well, you know, we can do it on a certain side where the walkers aren't there and then the walkers or the um, the workers aren't on that side and the, and the walkers will come in there. And Rick is like, well, what if they're not? What if they are, you know, actually on that side? And we got to stick to the plan. And it erupts in them fighting. Mm-hmm. Like fist fight headlock pretty pretty violent how'd you feel about this um i was annoyed with how fast we're taking this turn Mm. with the two of them Mm -hmm. i would have liked to seen this play out a little bit slower because they should have more patience with each other as you know i think this was 
kind of tropey brotherhood, not necessarily realistic brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was there were good and bad things. I did like the the fact that Daryl made it clear that like he used the headlock as a metaphor for the, the effectiveness of the of the headlock and how the explosions will get the job done, even though it's terrible to do. Oh, and gosh, quote, I didn't even illegal. put that together. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel so stupid that I didn't see that, even after watching it twice. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean... That, it, that makes sense. That's right, because after the whole thing, Daryl's Rick is like, chokehold's illegal, you know? Mm-hmm. Daryl's like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then... <laughs> he throws the bag and it explodes, which if they're wrestling with a bag of dynamite, I'm sorry. It, that's volatile material. It, it's going to explode <laughs> there. <laughs> right. Not, not let alone it get thrown to the other side of the, the car and it not blow up, yeah. rather catch fire and explode. Whatever. I, uh, the one thing I didn't like about this was that it became petty. You mm-hmm. know, like the the aftermath was Daryl getting on his on his bike and getting ready to leave and, and Rick's like, So I guess I'm walking and Daryl's like, Yup. I'm thinking No, like you guys there's a mission. There's right. something at hand that's bigger than the both of you. Why be petty and make someone walk when it's more effective? Talk about efficiency with the dynamite. What you're doing is counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. You're making someone walk and spend more time getting somewhere to do so. And again, this, oh, this frustrates the daylights out of me. We don't know their plan. <laughs> we haven't known their plan, so I don't even know what Rick is going to do. Right. Or what yeah. Daryl's going to do. Yeah. Or what the point of any of this is. And when he's talking about going to use the dynamite, I don't know the 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 other option. I don't know what Rick has in mind other than the dynamite. So as far as I know, any plan is good as any plan. Mm-hmm. Sure, use the dynamite, because I don't know what else you're gonna do. Right. Yeah. No. Again, it's, it's just a flaw with the writing. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I I actually found the fight a little bit more believable on second watch than on first watch, which was weird. But both times, I still felt like it escalated too fast for them. Like, I am not beyond thinking that Rick and Daryl have a relationship where at some point they could come to blows over something. Oh, yeah, totally. And still be okay. Yeah, but this seemed to escalate really fast, and I felt like Daryl in particular just seemed to, like, forget about the brotherhood that they've had for such a long time. I mean, the intensity with which they were fighting, like, could have easily knocked one of them out. Mm-hmm. And that that is a, that is a horrible situation to be in, to have, you know, basically your your battle partner and brother like incapacitated because of this, this petty fight. 
Yeah. I mean, I realize it's not necessarily petty. It's 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 a disagreement over a significant issue. But I feel like the Daryl that we've known throughout the series might fight with Rick on that, but would kind of just get like that tight lip face and be like, all right. Yeah. You know, even if he was to go do it and Rick ended up trying to subdue him in order to like, okay, yeah, I need to, I need to knock you out in order to, to stop this from happening because I believe that it's such a bad idea. It could have still happened in a different way with not Mm -hmm. such violence because like you're saying, if you're going to – you two are probably the most formidable characters in the in our team minus Carol and you're going to knock one out? Right. That just – yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. But that's something that I didn't notice, the whole point about like Daryl's okay doing the illegal move mm-hmm. and Rick complaining about that. which kind of takes us back to like season one and season two Rick where like he was always trying to do like Sheriff Rick yeah do the right thing do the legal the legal moves Mm -hmm. so the car won't start Rick has to walk but yeah we don't really know where he's walking what he's doing as you pointed out we just don't know the plan we're supposed to be left in suspense to find out what the plan is along the way this is not suspense i i can't even get invested <laughs> in what they're doing like what they're doing seems so uh arbitrary <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah daryl says something like i'll meet you whenever you're done with the last play yeah and i just wrote in my notes in all caps whatever that is yeah <laughs> because <laughs> i i had the same feeling like you yeah. just don't know um so we're back to negan and gabriel negan is talking to gabriel through the door he tells him to work with him um because they they're gonna, gonna need to work together or to get through the herd and then to get negan started gabriel confesses to negan mm-hmm. and he is honest and he says what he did and how horrible it was that he shut his congregation out when all this happened and they died and he listened to them dying. I love Negan's reaction to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He really, uh, is not impressed. Yeah. Or maybe he is impressed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it, it works and Negan, yeah, because Gabriel says, I'll help you if you confess. And he says, my first wife was a real wife. Two things. Yeah. I don't think it worked. I d- no. A, I don't think that he's telling the truth. And B, I think that this confession is such a small confession comparatively to what we imagine Negan's sins to be. Everyone has had to make the choice to either kill or not kill a family member in the apocalypse. And whether they do or not isn't looked at as a bad thing because... Oh, well, I totally agree with you. I mean, Negan doesn't confess. Um, no, he's not yet. Right. There's nothing but that he's he, confessing he, here. He reveals in, in Negan's morality what he thinks is bad, which is... 
weakness, and he defines weakness in terms of like just be feeling too much empathy or love for another human being, you know. Okay. To put I them down. What you're yeah. Yeah. He's. Yeah, it's like. So he's confessing yeah, that confess. he's confessing his weakness and his weakness is uh not being a sociopath. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, which you know, I found his confession really frustrating. I felt like the the other things that he included in there, I think they were true, but they were incidental. Like that wasn't really what he was confessing. That was just the setup, you mm-hmm. know. Hmm. And but anyway, he says my first wife was a real wife. He says, I lied to her. I screwed around on her. She was sick. Uh, and when she went, it was during this, and I couldn't put her down. That's how I was weak. Because he had said something about how he had been weak. And, yeah. And, and Gabriel was trying to get at that because he thought that would be the meat of his confession, that, that he was weak in some way. Mm. And his weakness was that, you know, he just couldn't put down his wife once she was a zombie. Mm. And, I, I, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, that's that's no confession and and that just shows like a complete unwillingness to admit sin you know to think that like oh that would be the thing that god would hold against me like right when i when i stand before the pearly gates i can't let you in because you didn't kill your zombie wife yeah like (laughs) so so ridiculous right which is why i was annoyed with gabriel when he was just like you are forgiven i know i feel like Gabriel, what Gabriel should have done is I wanted the Gabriel that was calling him out on all of his sins yeah. to, to show up again and be like, that's crap. Yeah. That's not even a sin. Right. I can't forgive you of that. You have to like tell me something that I can actually absolve you, know, you extend of. genuine, uh, absolve you of. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Gabriel's so inconsistent. He re- well, yeah. The writing is just really poor yeah. for his character. But yeah, he says, you're forgiven. And then Negan punches him right in the face. Which was great. <laughs> I was so happy he did that. <laughs> really? His look on his face, too, was just like, oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was just so satisfying to see. <laughs> see, I would have liked it more if Negan had actually opened up and like shared something more meaningful than he did mm-hmm. if he had like shown a little bit of vulnerability because he's i mean i guess he did a tiny bit but but well he did he in did... the sense that you you said he he uh revealed that he feels like weakness is a lack of empathy or empathy in itself um but that's not vulnerability that's anti-vulnerability you it know, is anti-vulnerability say, like, but isn't it vulnerability for Negan, for someone who does think that empathy is a weakness and he doesn't want people to know that he was empathetic at any point? See, what I, I think the reason that he punches Gabriel is because he didn't like that he felt manipulated by Gabriel because Negan's not the one that gets manipulated. He manipulates right. other people. And he felt like he was manipulated to actually say something about someone he genuinely cared about, which I think was his first wife, even though he was a horrible mm-hmm. husband, but mm-hmm. it, it awakened in him a sense of shame mm-hmm. about the way that he had treated her. But rather yeah. than going full fully forward with the confession and being like, I did wrong to her. I didn't treat her right. I mm-hmm. forsook my vows. 
rather than doing that, he just confesses, oh, I didn't, I couldn't put a bullet in her head when she was a zombie, which is, you know, that's like almost getting there and then completely pulling back and, 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 and going he back did to say the, that he screwed around on her. Yes, but it wasn't really the confession, right? No, it wasn't, the, you're the, right. The confession part yeah. was that I was weak. Yeah. And, and so I think he was, he might've like when he started speaking, he might've been going in that direction, but then he just changed his mind and he was like, no, like my sin is my weakness, my, my, my empathetic weakness Mm -hmm. that I had. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a lot of good in, in all of that in terms of like, it was interesting and it was good, good acting on, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's part. Yeah. And it was interesting to get some insight a little bit, but also at the same time, intensely frustrating because, you know, yep, the vulnerability wasn't really there. It was shut yeah. down, but it was enough that it really made Negan mad, which is why he punched Gabriel. Right. Um, and I, I didn't have the reaction of like delight in that. I wanted to punch Negan back so bad. I was like, you jerk, How dare you? Um, yeah, I was pretty happy. <laughs> so then they uh, then they start to put guts all over themselves so they uh-huh. can walk through the herd. And Negan says, "Well, first there was something about like these zombies have been cooking out in the Virginian sun," and I was like. But I thought they were in Georgia. And then Gabriel is like, we're from Georgia. Yeah. They had gone up what? to Virginia when before Alexandria with Abraham. Or they they um the whole tr- there was a whole trek going north from Virginia to DC because of um Eugene. Okay. Because Eugene wanted to get to DC. It ended up being a lie, so they stopped short in Virginia. Oh, I didn't realize that they were in Virginia. Yeah. Okay. They didn't make it totally clear, but they, they had yeah. mentioned it. Yeah. Well, anyway, Negan says, you know how many people have gotten sick from doing this? Yeah, that's not walking dead logic or history. Right. Because this has happened so many times. Right. It's just that they're trying to telegraph something. Exactly. Which is frustrating. (laughs) There is no reason for Negan to say that based on what we've seen in the past, except to cast suspicion on the ending when Gabriel is sick, quote unquote. Yeah. Because could he just be sick from having the guts on him or sick because he got a walker bite and he's got the fever and he's going to die? Yeah. And is there even a difference between those two things? Like, oh, if I wear the guts that the walkers have, then I get a fever, but it will pass. It's just like being sick. Yeah. But if I get bit by a walker, then that is sickness unto death. Yeah. And then I will become a zombie. And you can't get – even if you get scratched by walkers – yeah. Doesn't. And remember when Shane used his knife during that fight with with Rick, he he stabbed a um or maybe Rick did. I remember someone it was when when the, with the bus. I just recently saw this a couple months ago. And uh 
Rick used it, or Shane used a knife, stabbed the walker in the head, cut his hand, and it was fine because because mm. why why would you contract any viruses from rotting flesh mm. in any way? Um, yeah, I've always wondered if you have even just a fresh dead body corpses uh, uh, guts on you. The kind of viruses that you would get, I mean, you would. It's That's just not sanitary right. on any level, let alone, like, rotting bodies walking around, as they put it in the Virginia sun. Again, like, this whole time there should have been, like, if you get a scratch, you, should, you turn into a walker, you get sick. If you get a bite, you get sick. If you put guts on you, you get sick. Like that, it's just, it would be, that would be the normal science behind it. Right. Um, so if they are making him get sick from this, I'm going to be really mad. But I can't. If he has a bite, okay, that's fine. But I can't imagine why they would include this line except because that's. Now, did Negan say that people have gotten sick? Mm-hmm. He says he did. He said, "You know how many people have gotten sick from this?" Well, we don't know, no, because it's <laughs> <laughs> the whole time everyone's been fine, right? Yeah, remember when it happened to Didn't Glenn? Didn't the show Werewalkers? <laughs> Daryl, Carol. Yeah, terrible, Tor- terrible retconning. Yeah, but the one thing I will say is that. I do kind of appreciate the ambiguity and like at the end, I, gen- I genu- genuinely don't know because what's going on with Gabriel when he's in the cell there, because I feel like I have two clear walking dead indicators and they're in conflict with each other. Yeah. One is the clear indicator from the beginning that his arc is over and he's just praying that he won't have a fruitless death. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like at the end when he tells Eugene that, he wants to go get Maggie's doctor that this Mm -hmm. is his way of making his death not fruitless. Yeah. But at the same time, I have this other indicator where the walking dead has included a line about guts making people sick, which is completely unnecessary, doesn't advance the plot. And that seems to be telegraphing that that's what's happened to Gabriel. And so these two things are in conflict with each other. And even though the second one is annoying, in the sense that that has never been the case on the show, at least I like that I'm, I genuinely don't know right now what's going on with Gabriel. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, so, so yeah, they uh, go through the herd and I, I have in my notes in all caps, this was good. Like this scene where they're walking through the zombies, like yeah, they've been, like I said, in the last episode, they're making zombies great again. Yep. And, with Ezekiel and I felt like this was genuinely scary. Like I was, I was sitting very close to the TV and they had that moment when it was from their point of view. And there was like that zombie that just like came right up to the screen. Yeah. That was a cool looking zombie. Yeah. And I really felt like I was in it and felt that that would be very uncomfortable. Right. And Negan saved Gabriel's life at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. because he wants to or because it serves him. Um, right, yeah. I didn't the, – the only – I just wish they would have ended it better because I loved this scene just like you did. But they ended it 
at the conflict, like at the ultimate right piece, which is the like walkers falling down. Right. You don't know what's going to happen, and it cuts. I thought they were going to come back to it, but next thing we know, like they're just upstairs. Right. Like they ignored a very intense scene that could have had, you know, some great stakes. Yeah. And it's clearly because they want us to be unsure about whether he got bit. Eugene. Yeah. I mean, not Eugene. Gabriel. Right. So. But yeah, I had the same feeling when it cut. I was like, it always feels like they cut right when something's getting good. Yeah. They used to cut when something was getting good and they'd go back to it. Yeah. Not anymore. (laughs) Probably the most perfect example of that, in my opinion, is that episode that ended last season with Rosita and Sasha and Sasha running into the Savior's compound. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, first nothing happened like this whole episode. And that's what they give us in the last five seconds. Right. Yeah. But at that point, we knew that when the next episode started, it wasn't going to pick up where it left off. We weren't seeing Sasha doing anything except going from that to sitting in a cell. Yep. Uh, at least this one serves some like narrative purpose. Right. To create uncertainty. Yeah. So then we're back to the Savior's table. And uh, outside, there's noise because the workers have come up the stairs and they are frustrated because the power's out and the water, like nobody's bringing water. And they're confronting them like, hey, the rule was we work for you guys. You provide us with what we need, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, they are getting, they're getting pretty riled up. And Re- Regina shoots somebody. And then Negan shows up. And everybody kneels because, yeah, they were wondering if Negan was dead, including the workers. They were asking if Negan was dead. Everyone, including Gabriel, kneels. Yeah. Weird. There was a line that Negan had where I was kind of like, uh, really? What did he say? He said, uh, here's a little refresher on who the hell I am. I wear a leather jacket. I have Lucille and my nutsack is made of steel. Oh, my God. (laughs) My eyes couldn't roll behind my head far enough. I was like, okay, one, it rhymes. I know. (laughs) Two, it's just trying way too hard. Like, if you wear a leather jacket all the time, rule of advice, don't comment on your own leather jacket. Like, you just don't do it. Yeah, you don't. And it's like he's reducing himself to these things. Yep. You know? Yeah. And it's and- it's almost like the writers just have no idea. <laughs> like they – someone – imagine this. Someone in the writer's room came up with this line and they were like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have in my notes, rhyme intentional question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He should have sung it. That would have been better. That would have been. I would have been more on board because then it would be like, huh, did someone actually write this song beforehand and they've sung it and Negan heard it and he was like, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Simon looks nervous during this Mm -hmm. and Negan says, you know, I got to take a shower. I got to get my self together here and then we've got to figure out how all this happened and then we'll get back to doing what we do saving people saving people 
And then you hear this one woman, thank God for you, Negan. Thank God. Yeah. And then... <laughs> what did you think of that? I just thought it was so dumb. It was really dumb. And clearly doing it because... because Father Gabriel's there, and he's a Christian, so, you know, you have to thank God for the devil. Um, and also, <laughs> Negan looks at him, and he's like, see, this is why I do what I do, or whatever he said. And he says right, it at a yeah. volume that is either pandering to everyone else or insulting <laughs> everyone else, like, intentionally, because there's no way that everyone in that hallway couldn't hear him. <laughs> he said it at a volume that echoed. You know? <laughs> if I heard that, I would be like, hey. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, again, it goes back to the leather jacket comment. If you're cool and you wear the leather jacket, don't comment it on it. And if you're a leader and uh, and people people love you as a leader, don't comment on it in front of them <laughs> you know he's he's yeah yeah so yeah eugene and gabriel see each other from a distance and mm-hmm. eugene still has that kind of uncomfortable look mm-hmm. um we're back at the savior's table eugene sees red red paint on the bag like we talked about earlier cut to rick walking he sees a helicopter and he looks confused as he should. Yeah, like I was. I found this very interesting. Like mm, I did too. Yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh it's it's a return to when the walking dead would introduce things with mystery and subtlety. Hey, maybe it's Heath <laughs> <laughs> from the CIA. <laughs> Comes back without his dreads. He's wearing a suit, has a Glock, and a silencer on it. <laughs> you do remember that when Heath disappeared, there was that little piece of paper that was left behind with the peas on it. That card. Yeah. Yeah. That Which is never going to on that off. helicopter. Wait, you said the pea was on the helicopter? I'm just making that up. Yeah. No, I, oh, I just said man, I bet there's been... some peas on the helicopter. <laughs> that would have been so good. Uh, he's yeah, going to the sanctuary the... he's got guns he's going to shoot from the air that's how this is all going to end yeah. he is the final piece of the puzzle <laughs> so um, yeah who do you think the helicopter is I mean I don't think it's anybody that we know anything about same I hope so I hope that's the case I mean at first it was like this really exciting thing to me the more I think about it it's like well I mean, everybody's driving cars around, so surely there were some helicopters that were left, you know. Well, we, we Actually, we've seen helicopters on this show, haven't we? Yeah, with the governor. That's right. Um, however, just, you know, talking to Danny and stuff like that about aviation, they're not easy, first of all, to drive or control – Second of all, so you have to have you have to have experience with them. You have to know how to fly them, and if you go to try to fly them, first of all, right straight away, you're not you're gonna crash unless you have like someone with you that knows how to do it. Right. Um, 
so that would hopefully imply that there is someone from pre fall of civilization that knows how to fly a helicopter in which case we don't know who that is right now because we don't know anyone like that second of all this helicopter exists and works helicopters are just like any other piece of machinery if you don't use it often you have i mean it's gonna entropy settles in and you know you're gonna have to have a lot of maintenance on it the gas that it takes it's a lot of fuel that it needs yeah um you know, fuel is sparse. So there's a lot of things to consider. All that kept in mind, I think that there's that this is totally new introduction to introduction either to a character or a group. Right. Well, I mean the thing that makes the most sense, I would think, is some sort of military base. Right. Um which would be really cool. I've been waiting for something like that to happen. Hmm. Or like, I wonder if the U.S. military still exists, but it just is underground. Yeah. You know? Like, I wonder if even the president is still alive. Which, you know, they're never going to do in The Walking Dead. They would, they should, Yeah, but they're not going to do it. Right. Yeah, there is a lot of interesting stuff they could do. And I, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I don't read the comics, so I don't know what happens. But... I really think that The Walking Dead is in a situation where they can't just introduce us to some other new big bad group after Negan. Like, yeah, that's well, just going to feel so tired at this point. Okay, so if if you're listening and you don't want spoilers for the comics, skip ahead about one minute. Now, um, so in the comics, there's a group called The Whisperers. And they're another big bad. They come after Negan. They're quite terrible, probably more terrible than Negan. And they wear walkers. Okay. So they they wear walkers so that they can disguise themselves. And in Walking Dead logic, that would make sense because walker guts being on you doesn't harm you unless you're bitten. But they just introduced a plot point <laughs> that would ruin that whole story. <laughs> well, I thought of something. So maybe they're not going to introduce them. <laughs> I did think of something, though. Maybe yeah. that wasn't supposed to create ambiguity for us. Maybe Negan was just stating the fact that like, when people put gut- zombie guts on them, they usually throw up. Because we have seen that. Well, just because you said just die, because it's right? really disgusting. What he said, die right? No, no, no. He said, "Do you have any idea how many people have gotten sick from this?" Oh, sick. Oh, okay. And like, I know for some people, like I don't usually think of it this way, but some people just say like so and so got sick as a way of saying so and so got th- threw up. You know? Yeah. So, like, they got sick all over the floor. Um. Yeah, but I've never even seen a character of ours get sick from putting on walkers. I on the the first time we saw that happen, people were throwing up. Oh, really? Did they just get an immunity to it? I don't know if they get an immunity, but it's just because it's so disgusting and it smells so bad, so they just Well, vomit. yeah, for sure, but like Yeah. You know, cuz that hasn't happened. That that hasn't been happened. It didn't it didn't happen with uh um Jesse 
and her and her sons. Right. Um, yeah. It didn't happen with Michonne. Didn't happen with Carol. But anyway, but we have seen it happen before, and it totally makes sense that it would happen. Yeah, because no, that it would. would smell so bad. Right. And um, and and in that case, it would not be a threat to this plot point with the whisperers. Sure. Maybe they just get used to it. Yeah. I guess if you just like smeared yourself with crap every day, you'd get used to the smell of it. But going back to what you were saying, um, I think it would be really fascinating if they took a turn because I'm with you. A lot of people leave The Walking Dead because they're like, it's the same thing over and over. And they're they're mm-hmm. not wrong. Um, <laughs> I think I've always thought, like when people would ask me, how long do you think The Walking Dead would go, go on? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I honestly think that if they were smart, they they would do some things – and explore society the way that it would be after mm. um, an apocalypse like this that would be real or at least seeming seemingly real. So something like the government, how would that how would that look? Uh, communications between different intelligence or um, you know communications between different countries, even like explore like what would happen if you did find a helicopter. It, would you fly to another location? Um, you know, maybe there's planes and maybe mm-hmm. someone has a like could fly a plane and then they try going to another continent or an island or, you know, like those things would be interesting, but they'll never do it. Right. Well, maybe they would. I I don't watch Fear the Walking Dead. I watched like the first season, I think. Yeah, I did too. I but- don't like it. They, they, what bothered me was like they were doing certain things in that that I wanted our people on The Walking Dead to do. Like they had the whole like going into the ocean and like, yeah, like, yeah, I agree. I want to know what's going on in other places. Like, is the, is it as bad everybody, everywhere right, yeah. else? And yeah. Anyway, so, <clears throat> yeah, this is this is an interesting thing, the helicopter. I think <laughs> I think we probably won't find out anything more about this until like the end of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um it's it's I think this is going to be the thing that's like Morgan's M or whatever it was like yeah. on the trees throughout mm-hmm. the 5th season. Mhm. <clears throat> um so Negan talks to Eugene and says something like, you solve this <clears throat> or I'll kill you. Yeah. Um, essentially. And like he was saying, if I kill you, it'll be good because then you won't have to be around when everything goes, goes down backwards. Everything falls apart here. Eugene looks uncomfortable as he should. Um, and I, I like that we have a situation here where Eugene is once again being presented with the possibility of acting heroically. Mm-hmm. Um, because Eugene's put it together, and now he can either try to assist Dwight, or he can try to make himself look better and try to save his own skin by throwing Dwight under the bus. Because mm-hmm. he's got the power at this point. He could try to make an argument for why Dwight is guilty. Yeah. And... um so I do wonder what he's going to do. Yeah. I'm also really upset about the whole uh, 
ammunition plot point with you know with uh um eugene going to the savior solely because he can make bullets mm-hmm. and him never doing it he's never once <laughs> I completely made the bullets. forgot about that exactly which is a shame because in the comics that's a really big thing yeah because they do run out of bullets and there's yeah. a there's a penultimate scene to the war that requires this plot point. Oh, really? And yeah, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's a damn shame because <laughs> it would have been a really cool thing. Yeah. So uh, last scene in the episode, Eugene goes to bring Gabriel some some welcome wagon items. <laughs> As usual, Eugene is entertaining. He's like, we were traveling companions. We ate dog together, so I guess that binds us in some way forever. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel's not answering. Eugene opens the door, and Gabriel is looks feverish. He's sweating. Um, and then he says something about, oh, yeah, Eugene says, we'll get you to the doctor. And Gabriel says that the doctor is Maggie's doctor, and we have to get him out of here. So not sure how they're planning on doing that because that sounds like a risky business. Right. Especially since the whole place is surrounded by walkers right now. And yeah, that's where we leave off. And this week trash people are back. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, for anyone that's listening and likes to listen to these episodes in the middle of the week, sorry about recent, uploads um things have been really busy for the both of us and we've been trying to get these out as soon as we can and we're still trying to get them out as soon as we can this week's gonna be up tonight but um you know hopefully we could get the next the next episode out in the beginning of the week i'm I'm, I'm hoping for that so Mm -hmm. yeah well this is a long one we're already at an an hour 43 oh wow so i i I imagine some of it will get cut out but we should probably wrap it up yep so you want to give a numerical rating? Yeah, I'm going to give this a solid seven. Okay. I think this is a first. I'm actually going to give a lower rating than okay. you. I'm going to, I'm going to give a 6.5. All right. Um, Understandable. A little, little bit lower. Yeah, I just get annoyed by some of the, the dialogue choices. Same. And for some reason in this episode, they especially bothered me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also had some good stuff. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Till next time. All right. Signing off. <laughs> Over and out. <laughs> <laughs>